So my friends, how would you finish this sentence? Life is blank. You know, Forrest Gump filled in the blank by saying what? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. F. Scott Peck began his best-selling book, The Road Less Traveled, by writing this. Life is difficult. A salesperson trying to get me to sign on the dotted line once said, Life is not a dress rehearsal. You only live once. Well, praise God, I did not buy into a timeshare. <laughs> Others have filled in the blank that life is, or life is a rat race. Life is a bowl of cherries. Life is amino acids. Life is a paycheck. Life is the weekend. Life is a party. Life is a stage, and we are nothing but mere actors upon it. For many, life is nothing more than time spent between birth and death. Some want to reduce life in size, and they say, life is the drudgery of existence. Life is the hope of having enough until the end comes. Have these people bought into a lie? Has life been stolen away from them? You know, in our scripture today, Jesus draws from a familiar scene, that of a shepherd on a hillside keeping watch over his sheep. In John Chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The job of the shepherd was to lead, to protect, to feed the sheep. But unfortunately, as in our day, there were thieves and robbers, and they sought to take away the livelihood of the shepherds. Likewise, there are many avenues down which we can travel that lead not to life, but that will lead to our own ruin, that ultimately will lead to our own destruction. Now, while we would never call these pursuits thieves and robbers, I'm here to tell you they are just that. These ways destroy our attempts at life. So where do people go to find life? And only as they're searching to find life and they're searching in the wrong place, they're going to discover destruction and despair. They're going to discover the things that take our life and rob us. Because you won't find life in pleasure. I hear people say, you know what? This life would be great if I just had a little more. 
Oh, you got to be careful with that statement. A little more. That's all I need is a little more. Then when you got a little more, then you'd need a little more than that. And then a little more. It just never ends, right? I could be happy if I could have a little more vacation. I could be happy if I could just retire. We all have fantasies that we believe will lead to us truly living and that that would lead to us truly be happy. But you know what? Ecclesiastes 1.8 says, the eye is not satisfied with seeing or the ear with hearing. The pursuit of pleasure never lasts. You won't find life in performance. Even workaholics learn that the satisfaction of one job completed is short-lived at best. There was a Wimbledon tennis champion who thought that winning a major tournament would result in life as he'd never known it before. And after winning, he said this, the thrill of victory lasts about 15 minutes. And again, we're reminded of Ecclesiastes 1.3. What do people gain from their toil? You won't find life solely in possessions. Our money and our things can't buy us contentment. And we remember Jesus' own words in Luke 12, 15. One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. You won't find life in pursuits. Some people think that if they stay busy enough and if they pace their life in such a way that they're always going and active and even a certain intensity, that must mean that then they are truly living. And in the end, they're going to discover they had a fast-paced, frenetic, and frantic life that gave it no true meaning or purpose. You won't find life in position. Many people believe that they'll find life if they are considered important, receive a promotion, belong to the right clubs or organizations, drive a certain car, live in a certain neighborhood. These people look for fulfillment in the positions that we find in our lives. But again, Ecclesiastes reminds us, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. So if it's not these things, what is it? What is the source of life? There are many thieves that masquerade as givers of life, but they only dispense destruction and death. Life is not found in pleasure, performance, promises, or possessions, pursuits, or position. Life is found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what John eleven twenty five 25 says. And Jesus says, I am 
the resurrection, and I am the life. And in John 14, 6, Jesus states, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I believe the most powerful statement that Jesus makes regarding life is found in our text today in John 10, 10. A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. My friends, this word is emphatic. Life is entered into only through Jesus Christ. How can this be? For us to understand how this life is entered into, we must understand the special relationship between a shepherd and sheep, right? We know that a shepherd really does care for these dirty, smelly, not very bright animals called sheep. And the shepherd does what? The shepherd makes sure that they're safe. The shepherd makes sure that they're led to pastures that are green and lush. The shepherd makes sure because you got to be careful if you take a sheep, remember they're not bright, to water that moves very swiftly because they can end up getting in and then their wool gets wet and then they get sucked into the water and they drown because they carry so much water. So sheep need still water. But it's the shepherd who looks after them. It's the shepherd who cares for them and everything about them. In John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus says this, I am the gate for the sheep. Let's be honest, right? This verse kind of stretches the imagination a little bit, okay? How does a person act as a gate? How does a person act like a doorway? You do know, I hope you do, that gates and doors are incredibly important. To prove my point, let me share a story with you. That doors are incredibly important. There was a guy who decided to visit a church. It quickly became apparent that this was not a church for him. It was the wrong church. Because not long after the service started, the pastor and the church leader started pulling poisonous snakes out of sacks and then passing them around for the congregation to handle them. And in doing so, they were demonstrating their faith. As the snakes were being handed out and coming his direction, the newcomer asked the man sitting next to him, friend, where's the back door of this church? And the gentleman responded, well, there is no back door. To which the newcomer said, where along the back wall do you think they would want a back door? <laughs> Again, doors and gates are extremely important. 
One day, Sir George Adam Smith, an Englishman who traveled extensively in the Middle East and wrote about his experiences, came across a flock of sheep. He said to the shepherd, Is this the pen that the sheep stay in at night? Now, the pen was really fairly crude, and uh, it seemed to have everything you needed, but was missing what you might call a front door or a gate. The shepherd said, Yes, this is the pen that they stay in at night, and they're perfectly safe. Now, the Englishman was surprised and said, but there is no door. And the shepherd replied, well, I am the door. Sir George Adam Smith, very puzzled, then asked, what do you mean you are the door? And the shepherd answered, when the light has gone out and all the sheep are accounted for and safely inside, I lie in the open space. No sheep goes out and no wolf comes in unless they cross my body because I am the door. My friends, I'm here to say Jesus is the gate. And he means that the flock has only one entrance because life has a source. Spiritual nourishment is obtained through Jesus Christ. And the single means of accessing that abundant life is through Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Now, some people are going to say, as we're preaching, as I'm preaching here, they're going to say, Oh, Pastor, wait a minute. You're saying Jesus is in the life, but don't I already have life? I mean, I'm here, I'm breathing. And the answer is yes, but it's not the life that Jesus is referring to. Now, in New Testament Greek, there are six different words for life. However, two words for life which will bring our lesson into better focus. The first Greek word for life is bios, and it's where we get the word biology. Bios refers to the duration of one's life. Bios is the time between birth and death. It refers to the necessities of life, things like food and shelter and clothing. The second Greek word for life is zoe, and that's where we get the word zoology. Zoe refers to life as God has it. This is life not limited by time nor hindered by death. It is not something you possess. It is this life. Zoe is an indwelling, an infilling. When we are born, we are given a bios life. When we come to know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus, we're given Zoe life. And some may actually talk about that as being born again. 
But only God and Jesus Christ can we have truly abundant life. A life of new vitality, a life of new meaning, of new energy, of new purpose, of new significance, of new hope, and of new joy. There was a young boy who was interested in God. And so he went to his mom and he asked her, Mom, have you ever seen God? She thought for a moment and then she said, you know, honey, I, no, I don't think anyone has. And then the young boy went to his dad and asked the same question. And his dad did that great dad deflection thing, right? Imagine the first thing he said was, well, you need to ask your mother. And the boy said, well, I did that. And then the next deflection he said, well, maybe you should ask the pastor. So the boy asked his pastor and the pastor answered, you know, I don't think anyone's seen God since the days of the Bible. Well, the young boy kind of gave up. One day he was fishing with his grandfather. And so he asked, Grandpa, have you ever seen God? The grandfather set his fishing pole down. And he looked at his grandson and he said, Son, when I look into your eyes, I see all of the wonderful people and all of the wonderful relationships that I've been blessed with over the years. And now, son, just take a minute and look. Look at that sun as it sets. Isn't it beautiful? He looked again at his grandson and he said, Yeah, I see God. And it's getting so that I don't see anything else. My friends, is that true for you? Because if you really are possessed of a bios life, if you have that relationship with the good shepherd that gives you abundant life, I promise you, as you look out into the world, you will see the blessings that can only come from God in Christ Jesus. You're going to see the relationships that give your life meaning and purpose. You're going to see God in the beauty of nature because God's creation is going to reflect God's handiwork. Even in the most difficult of circumstances, I promise you that Jesus Christ is right there with you. We don't always see it because sometimes we allow the world to take over our, our thoughts and give us myopic vision. Vision that can only see so far. Vision that then becomes tainted by our own sin. And we see what we want to see. But if we allow the good shepherd to open the gate and let us in and we enter into abundant life, we're going to see life. Or we can allow our life to be stolen from us where we see nothing but despair. Now, I'm not trying to say that there's not evil in the world. I'm not trying to say there's not difficulties in the world. 
I'm not trying to say, hey, let's be Pollyanna-ish about all this. What I am trying to say is that you're going you're gonna to find what you're looking for. And if you truly have life, bios life, abundant life, you're going to see God in everything. Because I promise you God's there. God's not absent. If anything, we are taught again and again that we have a God who's very active in our lives, active in the world, and is working. Sometimes we need wisdom and eyes that can truly see, but it only comes by faith and faith alone. My friends, when Jesus, when the good shepherd, the gate opens and lets you in, you're going to have protection from the thief, from the one who would rob you of life. And in turn, you're going to be given life. And you're going to be given life in abundance. When you see Jesus Christ in life, then you know that you have an abundant life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh,